0: Are you still walking along the path to find out what your life's mission is? It may be closer than you think. Welcome to Mission Possible Program with your host, Carol Ann Fernandez. Everyone has a true calling. Join us now and find yours. Now, here is Carol Ann Fernandez.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mission Possible Program. Glad to be with you all I'm your host, Carol Ann Fernandez, and the author of the book, Mission Possible, How to Step into Your True Calling. My guest co-host again today is Lynn Fisher. She has a passion for art, nature, and travel has been the cornerstone of her journey. Through a rich and diverse career in the arts, she has witnessed the power that art brings to empower and heal Lynn's fascination for textiles blossomed into a long-standing career in home furnishings, where she worked with notable designers, including Raymond Waits. A love for Mickey Mouse led to a successful 10-year career at the Walt Disney Company. As creative director in the consumer products division, she spearheaded innovative design programs that brought new energy to licensed brands. Driven by a desire to give back, Lynn later stepped into the nonprofit arena where she facilitated art workshops to survivors impacted by trauma and violence. She has devoted herself to making a difference and opening people's hearts to their greater potential. Lynn is an adventurer at heart and has traveled throughout the world in search of greater inspiration and connection. She is excited to share the wisdom she has learned along the way. Welcome, Lynn Fisher.
2: Hello, Carolyn. I'm so blessed to be here with you again.
1: So here we are at this unprecedented time in our history with COVID-19. At least it's a sunny day today in L.A. And I'm still washing my hands, keeping the social distance and sheltering in place. And I actually heard a poem in the wee hours of the morning. I was in and out of sleep. I didn't hear the whole thing, but whatever I heard really touched me. And so I went about trying to find it, and I wanted to to read it aloud. So it's called Lockdown by Father Richard Hendrick. Yes, there is isolation Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is panic buying. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But they say that in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes but blue and gray and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across the empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of family around them. They say that a hotel in the west of Ireland is offering free meals to the housebound Today, a young woman I know is busy spreading flyers with her number through the neighborhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. Today, churches, synagogues, mosques, and temples are preparing to welcome and shelter the homeless, the sick, the weary. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world people are looking at their neighbors in a new way. All over the world, people are waking up to a new reality, to how big we really are, to how little control we really have, to what really matters, to love. So we pray and we remember that, yes, there is fear, but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is panic buying, but there does not have to be meanness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death, but there can always be a rebirth of love. Wake to the choices you make as to how to live now. Today, breathe. Listen behind the factory noises off your panic. The birds are singing again. The sky is clearing. Spring is coming. And we are always encompassed by love. Open the windows of your soul. And though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing. Again, that is a poem by Father Richard Hendrick. Oh,
2: wow. Um, it's hard to even say words after that. That was um, so beautiful and profound. Um, wow. Um, I'm deeply touched, and it, it just actually calls to mind an experience I've just had, um, Every night before bed, I take my little chihuahua Bambi out, and I'm usually on high alert, watching out for coyotes and wanting to rush inside. But the last two nights, there, were, there was a kind of an eerie stillness in the air, and I was aware of the sound of many chirping birds. Um, I grew up in a small town 14 miles from New York City, and when I was little, March was my favorite time, not only because it was my birthday month, but also because it was the beginning of spring. And I remember the crocuses blooming and the birds chirping. It always brought a lot of joy to my heart. And hearing the birds the last few nights brought me right back to that place of joy. And it was just so uplifting. You know, I really love how this poem just talks about the spring and the, and the singing birds. It's such a beautiful reminder that no matter what's going on and or how I'm feeling to appreciate the good that's around us. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, and thank you for sharing what you just did. I, I love the synchronicity of that unfolding and I, I was so touched by this poem and so moved by it. And um and again, I, I love what you just shared and, and what a wonderful reminder to all of us to pay attention to, to the little things as well that's going on around us. And then the other thing, Lynn, that has really touched me uh, during this time of crisis is all the wonderful good deeds that are happening, um, whether it's locally, nationally, globally, you know, it's humanity at its best. And I just wanted to share a few examples of that. One of them was at uh, Irma's Southwest restaurant in Houston, Texas. And I guess this is before the restaurants were shut down. And someone left a tip of $9,000. And on the receipt, the person wrote, whole tip to pay you guys over the next few weeks. And I was so moved by that. You know, when I hear these stories, I start tearing up because it's just, you know, humanity at its best, you know, hearts touching hearts and and making a difference. And then there was another one, uh, again a restaurant. This was Coaches on Bethel in Columbus, Ohio. And a customer who had a $30 uh, bill basically left a $2500 tip. And um, asked them to, you know, split it between the servers. And then the final example was a young lady by the name of Jade Powell. She's a 20-year-old med student on her spring break. And she started a group called Shopping Angels. So she connects volunteers like other students with senior citizen, uh, senior citizens who are in need of food during this COVID health crisis, and she isn't charging any fees or anything, and they go shopping for those most at risk. So isn't that amazing? Isn't that just heartwarming, especially at this time?
2: Yeah, and it's it's so inspiring to just hear what people are doing on so many levels, you know, on a grander, more global scale, on a community scale, scale, how people are supporting animals, the environment, and really doing their part. Uh, and it's really interesting, just in response, that I, I realized that I was very, um, for the last couple of weeks, I've been listening to the news a lot and just hearing lots of things that are going on so I could be informed. But for the last few days, I've just been feeling the need to be really quiet and do a lot of self-reflection and I haven't really been inclined to watch the news and there's been an amazing thing that's happened is that I've realized in this quiet space I'm more present with myself and the people and experiences that are directly around me on a much more intimate and personal level and I've really been appreciating the time to just be to, to have greater connections with my family and friends by phone and even lots of cuddle time, more cuddle time with my puppy. And I've just been aware also of the small acts of kindness that are being extended throughout my neighborhood at the grocery store on my walks where people are actually stopping to greet each other and reach out in more meaningful ways. And one of the examples that I want to share is, um, the other day I was walk, taking a walk. A long walk with Bambi, uh, my, my puppy, and noticed a box in the middle of the sidewalk that was filled with flowers. And there was a note inside that said, please take one and know you are loved. There was another couple there at the time, and we just had this really sweet exchange And as I'm walking and just around my neighborhood, I'm noticing more and more how people are turning the situation into loving and service, even in the most little little ways, ways that at another time might have gone unnoticed or been taken for granted. And so for me, it's been a real blessing to slow down, to pause, and to connect. And in some ways, it has been a scary time, but I've also been experiencing a feeling of we're all in this together, and no matter what part we play or how we contribute, big or small, we're going to come through this stronger and better than before. You know, it really gives me so much hope for our world and humanity, and as you said, these sweet stories really touch my heart in greater ways.
1: I loved what you shared. I was smiling all the way through it. And I just think that's so beautiful. I love the story about the flowers and people doing that. That is incredible. And I'm in agreement with you in terms of just slowing down and connecting with family and friends. I loved what you said about cuddling with your puppy. And I just think those are the the important moments, especially at this time. So thank you for sharing. I think it's so important to hear these stories, you know, and... Because we, yeah. we know about the other things, but I think this is really important, too.
2: Yeah, and they're all out there, and to just look for them and to share them, it's beautiful. So, last week, we talked about the difference between a job, career, and mission. And now that we've established that, the million-dollar question is, how do we discover, discover our own mission So that's what we're going to focus on this week. Um, I know that you've done a lot of research about mission, and in the last two episodes you've mentioned a defining moment. Can you tell us what you mean by that?
1: Yeah, so when I was talking about the job, career, and mission, what I saw is that as people stepped into their jobs and then moved on to their careers, at some point they came a defining moment, which propel them on their path of purpose, it propel them to their mission. And I refer to that defining moment as the initiation stage. So your initiation is bringing your life's purpose into focus, it's basically putting you on notice. It's the universe saying, hey, your mission has just made itself known to you. And so I really, really want to encourage people to pay attention to their lives, to pay attention to the clues around them, and pay attention to that defining moment when it occurs.
2: Great. Okay. So also in your book, you write about the four ways that people get initiated. Can you share with us one of the ways that people get initiated to their mission.
1: Yeah, so so there are four ways and I will address those at a later time, but today I wanted to talk about one of them. And the one I'm going to talk about is called which is what I call the inspired idea. So an inspired idea is a sudden download. So it comes in many guises such as a dream, It could be a spark of intuition. Some people refer to it as an aha moment. For some, it's like a gentle whisper of the the inner voice in answer to a prayer. And although it's of profound significance, when it occurs, it's very gentle. You know, it doesn't come with bells and whistles. It doesn't come with glitz and glamour. Right? It doesn't come with a guarantee that says, hey, if you follow through with me with this lovely inspired idea, all kinds of wonderful things are, go- are going to happen. You know, the sky doesn't part with the voice like James Earl Jones telling you to follow through with it. So it's a very, very simple um, download. And, and I want to make a distinction with the inspired ideas. Whereas other ideas that people have may come and go, the inspired idea captures your attention and it doesn't let go. You know, from my perspective, it is etched on your heart and soul. And so no matter how busy or distracted you may become, from my perspective, it's always there at the back of your mind. And and also, if someone is initiated by an inspired idea, it's, even though they may not know in that moment how to pull it off, their lives have prepared them to do so. And that specific idea is being downloaded to them for a reason. It is relevant to them. It is specific to them. So, again, it's really important for people to pay attention to the inspired ideas. And so many amazing things can come off it, and we need to really trust that when it, when it lands on us.
2: Hmm. Can you share some stories about people who have connected um, to an inspired idea? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so um, Muhammad Yunus, um, he is one of my heroes yet again. You know, many of these people that I researched really, really inspired me. And Muhammad Yunus was a Bangladeshi economist. So he studied in the U.S., he taught in the U.S. before he returned home to Bangladesh. And, um, And he was teaching economics there but there was a famine going on in Bangladesh at the time. And so he said, you know, there he was, you know, teaching elegant theories of economics and people were hungry and dying right outside the villages surrounding the campus. So he started venturing out to the villages uh, along with his students and performing small acts of kindness. And while he was doing that, He met a woman by the name of Sophia, and she was a mother with small children. Her husband worked as a day laborer, and she worked for, you know, she worked seven days a week making bamboo furniture, and she had to purchase the bamboo from a local trader on credit under the sole condition that she had to sell the finished product back to him minus the interest due on her loan. So as a result of that, even though this woman worked very, very hard, even though she was skilled at making uh, furniture, she was kept trapped in a cycle of poverty. So Muhammad Yunus figures this out, right? He figures the day traders are charging her a very, very high interest over the course of a year. And he figured out that if Sophia could pay her own for her own bamboo, she could get a fair market price for the sale of her furniture. But being poor and having no collateral, she couldn't secure a loan. And Muhammad Yunus noticed that many many people were suffering because they couldn't, uh, because they had to borrow the money from the moneylenders who were ruthless. So that's when he had an inspired idea. And he figured, what if I lend them the money, these bamboo weavers, and they return the money that they've borrowed to the money lenders. And they start, you know, purchasing the bamboo themselves and working for it themselves. And so that's exactly what he did. And he ended up, lending money and again this is really small amounts of money to about 42 people the total amount that he lent that day was $27 and the weavers ended up you know in paying back the loans to him but as a result of that one tiny little inspired idea from that grew a a bank. It was called the Grameen Bank. And they provide microcredit to the destitute. They provide microcredit to the poorest of the poor. And they provide both financial and social services. And again, from that tiny little idea, the Grameen Bank has now grown and serves over 8.9% or more than 8.9 million borrowers. They have over uh, 81,000 villages that they service. They have over 25 branches. They have about 20,000 staff. And what Muhammad Yunus has been able to do through the Grameen Bank has en- he has enabled millions and millions of family to break the cycle of poverty. So families are now able to save money. They were sending their kids to school. These are the first generations to have gone to school, and they're becoming doctors and lawyers. You know, that's the power of this one little tiny idea. And then from the Grameen Bank, it evolved into the Grameen Movement, which consists of um, a group of uh, businesses. And it's basically... So- Social entrepreneurship, and they've covered pretty much everything, right? So they've got um, renewable energy for the villages. They've got education, they've got healthcare programs, they've got grants and loans, they've uh, created a technology company, they've developed a software development company, they also have a clothing export company. So it keeps growing and growing. And as a result of this, uh, Muhammad Yunus ended up receiving the, the Nobel Peace Prize. He was actually one of seven to receive the Nobel Peace Prize, the Presidential Medal of Freedom and the Congressional Gold Medal. And so, again, I just want to really encourage people, right? So, Muhammad Yunus had a solid career as a teacher teaching economics. That was his career. He gets this little inspired idea, which is just to lend them money, $27. And from it comes all this, this amazing and uh, powerful, powerful movement. So, if anyone has an inspired idea that is coming to them. I really really want to encourage them to lean into it and to really allow it to evolve and to grow and to see where it can uh, where it can take them and where and the benefit that it can have for humanity, whether it's locally, whether it's globally. That's the power of one tiny little inspired idea
2: that's so beautiful and sometimes you i i you don't even know but it's taking that step just taking that one step and following his heart and it's so inspiring to see what it turned into and what an impact it made it's incredible
1: Yeah, and I love what you said about following his heart because that's really a big part of it. You know, he was following his heart. And I often feel that's what I said last week about the mission being more and it comes from our heart. You know, where where the career often for many comes from the mind, the mission stems from the heart. And, yeah, it has had such a tremendous impact, you know, to have impacted millions of people and have lifted them out of poverty, you know, from that one, one little precious idea. You know, and that's what's available to us if we allow ourselves to um, be moved by our missions, if we have the courage to step into our missions, if we follow through with with these inspired ideas, you know we can really make a huge difference. And thank heavens that he he did that, because, you know, I'm thinking if Muhammad Yunus had just remained a teacher, um, which is a, a beautiful thing in and of itself, but he wouldn't have had the tremendous impact that he is now having. You know, and the same is true of Mother Teresa, right? Had she remained a headmistress, had she remained, because we talked about her uh, the last week, had she remained in the convent and teaching people, um, she wouldn't have had that impact. And she, too, listened to her heart, and she, too, followed through with that inspiration. And... um so I'm just really, you know, these are the, the when I study, uh, research these stories, I was, you know, truly always found myself so inspired and so moved because people are doing amazing things out in the world. And sometimes we're, you know, so focused on our lives and so focused on our busyness that we we don't realize that there's a lot of good going out in the world.
2: Yeah, mm. well, I really appreciate you sharing that and just taking this, this show to be able to um, share these stories because they are there and they're often hidden. And we've spent so much focus on what's wrong that it's really inspiring to hear what's right, what's right about the world and humanity. So thank you so much um, for that story. It's beautiful
1: yeah, you and know, I just wanted to tie it into, you know, your little bird story. you know, we we, we there are so many things that we don't notice, we don't observe. And so uh, again, if we can pay attention, there's lots of good going on in the world. There are people making a difference. There are people who have leaned into their passions, who have leaned into their missions and are doing amazing things. And so if we can, you know, Pay attention to some of that. I think it could go, it could go a long way. And that's true of the your the bird story that you just told. Like you paid attention, you saw it, you you heard it, and um, and so often we take that for granted. We just you know walk about and we're on our cell phones and we're not listening to the birds or seeing the butterflies or you know the, the nature around us.
2: Yeah, and it was so interesting because it was so loud. It's almost like it had to be loud for me to hear it because if i was just focused on what i was doing i would have missed it but there's something going on now where it's so loud and we can't miss it and so that's what was so touching and meaningful for me is to because it has such implications in in how i view life and how i move forward during this time so yeah it's beautiful Well, we are
1: coming up to our break, so we will be taking a short break. You are listening to the Mission Possible program on voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel. I'm your host, Carol Ann Fernandez, in conversation about discovering your mission with my co-host, Lynn Fisher.
0: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Are you satisfied with your life? Do you know that more should be possible? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the creators of Access, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here. Our program offers pragmatic tools to change things in your life that you haven't been able to change until now. What if all of life could come to you with ease, joy, and glory? Tune in to Access Consciousness Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you tired of your job? Do you feel like you were meant for more? Would you like to live life on your terms? You can when you actualize your true calling. You can be financially sustainable. You can live a meaningful life. You can love what you do even make a difference and leave a luminous legacy. Drawing from over a decade's worth of research, her immense wisdom and cross-cultural life experience, Carol Ann guides, encourages, and inspires individuals to awaken to their purpose and actualize their life's mission. For those seeking to deepen their understanding and learn more, please visit caroland.global.com. For information about programs, coaching, and local workshops, or to purchase her book, Mission Possible, A Guide to Discovering Your True Calling, or to invite Carol Ann to speak at your event, please visit caroland.global. Again, that's caroland.global.
1: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice
0: America TRN. You are listening to Mission Possible Program. To reach Carol Ann Fernandez or her guest on today's program, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd like to send an email, the email address is radiomissionpossible at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the Mission Possible program. I'm your host, Carol Ann Fernandez, in conversation with Lynn Fisher, my guest co host, and we are discussing one of the ways you will be initiated to your true calling as outlined in my book, Mission Possible How to Step Into Your True Calling.
2: Thank you, Carol Ann. And before the break, you shared a really beautiful example of someone who's connected um, to an inspired idea. And I'd love you to share another story if you have one. I'm sure you have many.
1: (laughs) 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 Yes, I do. I spend many, many a year researching and poring over stories. So the next one that I wanted to share about is a woman by the name of Caroline MacDougall. and. I first wanted to share that her, her product came to me serendipitously. So it was a rainy day in L.A. and I'd run out of, I used to drink a lot of, um, I still do, um, hot water with lemon juice. And I'd run out of lemons and my favorite tea. And I did not want to go out and, man, whatever, buy some coffee or whatever. And I remember that I'd been to an event and I'd received a gift bag. And in the gift bag was some... Uh, I don't know, some drink. some. So I decided I would give it a shot. And um, it was a uh, caffeine-free herbal coffee. And you brew it the way you brew coffee, And I remember as I was brewing it, I was thinking, oh, it's probably not going to be very good. And I was saying that because I had been to a health spa in Australia, which was incredibly strict. And they didn't allow any coffee and there was no sugar. And they had a coffee substitute that was a chicory flavored and and I didn't like it at all. So I brew this drink and I try it. And I really loved it. I was like, "Oh my god, this is really good." So I flip over the package, and I'm looking at the ingredients, and it, you know, it says chicory and orange rind and and a whole bunch of other things. And I'm thinking, who knows how to put these ingredients together to make a like a big caffeine-free herbal coffee thing? And so I began researching this product, and and then I read. Somewhere along the line, that this person had a dream and she woke up and heard herself say, The next product I develop is a caffeine-free cappuccino, and the name of the product will be Ticino. So I was even more hooked, you know, I was so intrigued, and so I started researching her. So you know, and I thought, how how did she know to make this? Because truly, if the divine had said to me, Caroline, you know, create a caffeine-free herbal coffee, I would have no idea where to start, right? So, as I'm researching uh, Caroline and her product. I learned that she had a passion for herbs. She had a passion for herbs for most of her life. She began studying them, or growing them, blending them, importing them, and selling them in the 70s. And that led her to a career as the vice president of Celestial Seasonings where she was importing herbs, right? And Celestial Seasonings is a very large tea company, very well-known, very well-established. And then Caroline apprenticed in Europe with a world-renowned herbalist, and she developed several herbal product lines, and then she returns to, to the U.S. where she's a consultant to the top tea companies, and And she's um, developing numerous award-winning herbal beverages and teas over the next 20 years. So when she wakes up from this dream, when she has her inspired idea of creating a caffeine-free herbal coffee, even though she had never made one before, her life had prepared her to pull it off. She had all the skill set, all the talent, all the gifts, all the capacities, the passion for pulling off something like that. And at the time that she had created this drink, there wasn't a product like that on the market. And her whole thing was to help people get off their caffeine uh, addictions, right? Get off the caffeine fix. That is why she created this and so that was her inspired idea, and it came from a dream. So she created that one product and uh, that one flavor, and it has now developed into 18 flavors, and she has created other products as well. It is today one of the top-selling coffee alternatives I would, in the U.S. and perhaps in uh, abroad, and... Um, she has over 50% of the of the market share and her product is sold throughout the U.S. and uh, in numerous countries abroad. And her company is socially responsible and she adheres to fair trade practices and is also committed to sustainable organic agriculture for the health of consumers and the planet. So she is doing something wonderful to help people health-wise, to get off their addictions, to have something that is incredible. Incredibly healthy, And, uh, you know, she's got a fantastic business. And again, I really just want to encourage people when they have that inspired idea, like she did, even if they don't know in the moment how to pull it off, even though in the moment it might be exciting and it may be scary at the same time because of what the, the potential that lies within that idea I just want to encourage people to lean into the idea. It is being downloaded to you for a reason. You are the steward of that idea. It is meant to come through you. And so, again, just lean into it and beautiful things can come off it. You know, people are really enjoying what they're doing and making a, a difference um, locally or globally.
2: Mm, wow! Another great story, and just a couple things come to mind as I as I've been listening to you is, you know, before you were talking about how um, how the inspired idea comes in many guises, um, whether it's a spark of intuition or an aha aha moment in a gentle whisper, <clears throat> and I love <clears throat> excuse me, I love how this came in a dream. Wait, hold on. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, it's just getting over getting over this uh this flu um yes, you and I so, both yes exactly, but it's ninety nine percent gone, thankfully um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Thank so that that it comes through um many different ways, and I love that this one came through in a dream, and it was seemed like it was so loud that she actually heard herself say it, that she wanted to develop this product. And so I hear um, I a lot of it is about just listening, listening to these things as they come through and being present and aware of them as they're coming through. And the other thing was that um, when you talked about her passion, following her passion. And again, before you were talking about that that finding your mission is so connected to your heart and her passion for herbs and following that through in her life, she developed a lot of the skills that she used going forward. So there's so many, from what I'm it's just hearing and these stories that there's so many ways that these come through um so I just wanted to um to share that because that's what I was um um just left with that for myself that sometimes I get so caught up in what I want to do that I'm not aware of those little inspirations that come through or those the little moments that come through they're so important to me finding what my mission is
1: Yes. And I know you've had some wonderful inspirations. You've had some inspired ideas. So I really look forward to you leaning into them because I think they are wonderful. And again, you can see from these two examples, what a difference they're making in the lives of people, you know, so even though it's born, like I said, very humbly, these ideas, they're very, you know, simple, little ideas, no matter how simple they are, they can have such profound impact. And that's what I want people to get.
2: Mm, and I love when you say that uh, that uh, these people had all of that, all of what they needed inside of them. So even though it might be scary and might feel like you don't know what you do, you just lean into it and take the next step. That's a really important piece of it. Yes. Yeah, so um, okay, let's move on. So I love these examples, but another question comes to mind um, that I've been thinking of. Is it, is it ever too late to step into your mission?
1: So from my perspective, no. Um, I feel that the thing that you have come here to do is your thing to do. And it will happen in its right time if you allow it. So as I've mentioned before, you know, people can stay in a career and they may be initiated. They may, as an example, have an inspired idea and choose not to lean into it. But whatever, whatever it is that you've come here to do, no, it's never, never too late. It's never too late to make a difference. Your mission does not have a shelf life and like I said, your mission will occur when the time is right for it to unfold you know and I know people I'm thinking of someone who who Turned 40, and she acted as though her life was over. And that is patently untrue. It doesn't matter if you're 40 or 70, your life isn't over until it's over. And you have a mission, and you can certainly make a difference. And the example that I would like to share in reference to this question is uh, an example of someone who had an inspired idea and, and someone who stepped into her mission when she was older. And her name is Olga Murray. She had a solid, solid career. I think with, with approximately like 40 years of distinguished service as a judicial attorney for uh, the California Supreme Court. And she loved what she was doing. So she's, you know, stayed in that career and she knew she was facing retirement. And Olga, like you Lynn, loved to travel. And she went to Nepal several times and she volunteered there. And, you know, um, so she was on uh, another track and she was about 60 years old at the time. So she's vacationing in Nepal, she's trekking in the mountains and she ends up breaking her leg and she had to be carried down the mountain. And, you know, as she's coming down, you know, she sees severely uh, impoverished children, children that are disabled, children that are malnourished, um, clothed in rags, lacking toys. But the amazing thing about the children is that they were so very, very happy and so loving towards one another. And they all had one ambition, and that one ambition was to attend school. And Olga Murray finds out and realizes that their dreams will never be realized because of the abject poverty. You know, it's almost entirely impossible for them to go to school. And then so she has, in that moment, an inspired idea. She said it was like a flash. It was an aha moment. And she decided to sponsor four children. I think at the time she said, you know, she felt like the cost of doing that was like the same cost is getting a haircut. And so so she leans into that idea. Now as a result of that, she has created an organization called the Nepal Children, excuse me, the Nepal Youth Foundation, which is a nonprofit and it is dedicated to providing education, housing, health care. Human rights, and loving support for the most destitute children in Nepal. And she has helped thousands upon thousands of children. She has freed over 12,000 girls from indentured servitude. Her organization has delivered. Flood relief supplies, nutritional rehabilitation homes. They provide scholarships, the education. They've created homes for boys and for girls, for the disabled. I mean, this woman is doing amazing things.